the biggest certainty that we have in these uncertain times is that the Lord is near. Welcome to the Bethany Lutheran Sermon Podcast for the week of September 6th, 2020. This is the 14th week of Pentecost, and today, Pastor Seth Mormon begins a new fall series based on the book of Philippians entitled, Growing Through What You're Going Through. You can find a copy of the key verses for today in the show notes. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice again, I say rejoice. I don't know if you've sung that song before. That's one of those songs that never ends. You just keep singing and singing. You can sing it in a round over and over again. And actually, I think Apostle Paul would, would be okay with that because he calls us in his word, in his letter to the Philippians, to rejoice in the Lord always. But it sure seems hard to rejoice, especially when things are uncertain. And boy, things have sure been uncertain for a long time. Have you found it hard to rejoice always? You know, it seems like the past six months have been uh, filled with fear, abounding in anxiety, washed in worries and about as solid as sand. We all live in uncertain times. We face external oppression at the hands of others and institutions. We experience infighting in the systems that we're a part of. We struggle with discrimination based along ethnic or racial or economic or ideological lines. Pandemics, plagues, persecutions are a part of daily life. You know, the church is not immune from this either. We live in uncertain times. Pastors and principals and countless ministry leaders have been under enormous pressures to to navigate the regulations from our elected leaders. And no matter what decisions are made, no matter how much research or time or prayer or agony are put into the decision, someone is going to completely disagree with it. A Christian media media consultant once noted that he had never come across a person who joined a church because they read something negative or mean-spirited in a church blog. From his experience, no new member ever said, I just love the way you trashed those other Christians and thought I have to be a part of that church. Unfortunately, however, opposition tends to bring out the worst in the church. Arguments within the church, conflicts within culture can lead to to speech that is filled with anger and malice, wrath and slander and obscene talk. That's the list that Paul gave the church in Colossae. Hatred is masked as zeal for the truth, And when those who are outside of the church are asked what it means to be a Christian, the first thing that comes to their mind is not see how they love one another, 
but rather see how they fight with one another and with the world. We seem to have lost sight of the love as enacted and encouraged in the book of Philippians by the Apostle Paul. And if I'm going to be honest, I've been guilty of it. I'm guessing you have been too. There was uncertainty and division in the church in Paul's day too. Something happened in the church of Philippi between members. We don't know exactly what it was, but it was significant enough for Paul to mention it in his letter. If we begin at Philippians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul writes, So brothers and sisters, I love you and miss you. You are my joy and my crown. Therefore, dear friends, keep your relationship with the Lord firm. I encourage both Yodia and Synecti to have the attitude the Lord wants them to have. Yes, I also ask you, Zizigus, my true partner, to help these women. They fought beside me to spread the good news along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Paul confronts a situation that's filled with strife. There is an internal argument among the members of the church. Not to mention Paul has had his share of external opposition as well. He's led him to be imprisoned. And yet, in the midst of this, while he is in chains, his love for the church causes him to write. And he writes to the church to to focus on the work of Christ. And from that focus, he encourages God's people, the family of God uh, for the Philippians and for us here in California, to be united in Christ, to be supported by one another, and to be engaged in the work in the world. Here's words again. Always be joyful in the, world, in the Lord. I'll say it again. Be joyful. Let everyone know how considerate you are. The Lord is near. Never worry about anything, but in every situation, let God know what you need in prayers and requests while giving thanks. Then God's peace, which goes beyond anything we can imagine, will guard your thoughts and emotions through Christ Jesus. Some of my most favorite uh, passages in the entire scope of of Scripture. You know, but the biggest certainty that we have in these uncertain times is that the Lord is near. As close as all of the junk that clouds our vision seems to be, as close as fear and anxiety cling to us, God is is closer. He never abandons us. He is our source of unity. You know, I think about Jesus on the last night he was here on earth in his ministry. That's what he prayed for. He prayed to his Father for unity. Hear his words from John chapter 17. My prayer is not for them alone, speaking of the disciples, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that's you and me, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, 
May they also be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you have given me, that they may be as one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. We find it hard to, to find unity. And with that comes uncertainty. But unity began for each and every one of us at the waters of baptism, where you were united with Christ. It continues as you were confirmed in faith and strengthened to help you to grow through what you're going through. And man, we're going through a lot. And in the midst of this, we're called to, to grow. As Paul seeks reconciliation in the church in Philippi, he urges the members to remember the support that not only he gave them as fellow workers, but as they gave each other and that they have in Christ. Paul po points to the Lord who is the true source of agreement, and he reminds them that they fought beside each other. They spread the gospel and the good news to, to countless people. And he encourages them to have their relationship with the Lord to stand firm. Now, standing firm does not mean inaction. So Paul fleshes it out a little bit more as he writes from verse 8 in chapter 4. Finally, brothers and sisters, keep your thoughts on whatever is right, or deserves praise, things that are true, honorable, fair, pure, acceptable, or commendable. Practice what you've learned and received from me, what you heard and saw me do. Then the God who gives this peace will be with you. You see, the support that we give one another is not just a thinking, it's doing. And we find certainty when we engage in the world, when we practice what Paul did, when we look to the example of Christ. Now, it might be tempting to retreat from the world or just to fight against it, but Paul encourages a bold entry into the world, and that involves careful thought and faithful action. Paul urges us to, to find what is true and honorable and just and, and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent and worthy of praise and then do it. And here's how confident Paul is that he says when we practice these things, peace will be with you. Now let's back up for a second. This is not a, a conditional statement, meaning you will have peace if you practice these things, but as we practice these things, peace goes with us. Christ goes with us. Notice the difference. Remember, Paul said that the Lord is near. He comes as you go. In this case, practice doesn't make perfect, but practice brings peace. You are the bearer of peace as you practice these things. 
It's God's peace that goes beyond anything that we can imagine. And he will guard your thoughts and your emotions as you grow through what you're going through. And as you go, his peace flows. But before you get the wrong idea, it's not because you have it all figured out or you've achieved some sort of high divine position, or that somehow uh, God has realized all the good things that you do. Just as Paul reminded the Philippians, let me remind you, this is centered on Jesus. Jesus came to bring you to him. For all of your fears and failures, for your worry and your anxiety, for all those things that you do and for the things that you don't get done, for the uncertainty that that is bubbling up in your world, he is there to bring peace. And in him, your sin is forgiven. Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, came to earth for you. He died on the cross for you. He rose again to defeat death for you, and in him there is forgiveness. He is our source of unity. He is our strength. He is the strength of our support. He is the reason that we engage the world. So what does engaging the world look like? What does Paul say? Keep your thoughts on what is right. Identify what is good or needs to be practiced, and then do it. Do it in your families, in your places of work, at school, in your neighborhoods. This could be participating in lots of things, maybe a, a food drive with a, with a local charity. It could be the, the support of a, of a women's shelter or, or an organization that, that works with formerly incarcerated individuals. It could be volunteering to deliver meals with, with a community organization or, or clean up efforts in a local park or, 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 or shopping for Operation Christmas Child, working with programs that help support immigrants and, and their families. And as we practice these things, the peace of Christ goes with you. And as we see the peace of Christ work in our neighborhoods, in our communities, then we can rejoice in the Lord always. And that helps us grow through what we're going through. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there are times that life seems so uncertain that we don't want to go on. We find it hard to to be about your business, Lord, when there's strife, either internally or externally. Lord, for the times that we have been the cause of that, we ask for your forgiveness. Lord, help us to to find ways to, to remember that we are united in you. Lord, we thank you for calling us to support one another. And Lord, help us to find ways to be engaged in the world to bring your peace. And in so doing, Lord, you help us grow through what we're going through. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for being with us and for being our peace. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. 
A video archive of our online worship services, including today's message, can be found at www.bethanylutheran.org. If you would like to support this podcast or the ministry of Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California, you can text the word GIVE to 562-210-0463. That's GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 562-210-0463. Join us next week as Pastor Kevin Kreitzer looks at Philippians chapter 1.